You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. And welcome back to another edition of Countdown to Camp as it's time for our annual preview of the Chicago Bears running backs. I'm Eros Wildewit, and I'm very glad that you are tuning in today as today's show is it's going to be a great one. Even though I love all of our positional previews, I'll admit that running back was one of those that I circled, starred, and underlined back when we made the initial Countdown to Camp calendar. And I'm not the only one that has some excitement when it comes to discussing this unit. With me today are both of my co-hosts, Nicholas Moriano and Mason West. Nick, uh, I know you have a little vacation coming up, heading back down to New Orleans. Uh, you excited, man? I cannot wait. We have a good group of guys going. And if anyone has any recommendations of places to go in the French Quarter, I went there two years ago and we kind of just, you know, wandered around. But if you have recommendations of food places, bars, whatever... Hit me up on Twitter, send us in, send me a DM. I'm more than open to because right now I have no plans whatsoever. All right. I'm excited for you. And then I know I double down the week after the fact. So I'll be here all of next week to kind of wrap up Countdown to Camp. And then Will's taking his first week-long vacation since, uh, geez, May of 2018. It's been some time. So I'm excited for a little breather right before camp, right before the season to kind of get me a uh, full steam ahead for what I'm expecting to be a very fun 2021 for all three of us here to cover. And Mason, I am very glad that uh, apparently your computer decided to play nice. Yeah, apparently after working, you know, 16 hours so far today, it just didn't really want to keep going. But, you know, I got some life back into it. You sure did. And just in time. So before we actually jump into this positional preview, uh, I do want to mention that Nick is going to give us a message from our old friends uh, over at Manscaped. I just want to say thank you so much for everyone who left a review. Uh, those do help a lot to help us secure some of these sponsorships. And it's a modest agreement uh, with our pals over at Manscaped for the next couple of months, helping kind of support our show. Uh, so I just wanted to express my gratitude for everyone who has supported the show uh, in the interim while we didn't have a sponsor for the last like month, month and a half so nick with that take it away yeah so guys summer is here are you ready to unveil your beach bod yet you're in luck our friends at manscape just launched their fourth generation performance package which includes the lawnmower 4.0 and you heard that right the 4.0 complement your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming the sun is shining and calling your name so join the two million men worldwide who trust manscape and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 inside the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Of course, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer briefs, and a travel bag for all those goodies. And this fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. 
So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. Wonderful stuff there, Nick, Mason, and Mr. Moriano. I'm ready to talk Bears running backs. How about yourselves? Let's do it. Super excited for this one. Absolutely. So let's jump into tier one, which I am dubbing familiar faces. And let's begin this tier with the back that finished fifth in the NFL last season in rushing yards with 1,070. And I'm sure you guessed it. That's David Montgomery. And it was a slow start of the season last year for Monty, who after eight games, he was 13th in the NFL in rushing yards. Uh, He was playing behind a beaten and battered offensive line that really struggled to generate any push. And he did begin the year sustaining an injury in camp. But once the Bears reshuffled that front, there was some daylight for Montgomery, both figuratively and literally. In weeks 12 to 17, he was the third most productive back with 598 yards on the ground, and his yards per carry jumped up from 3.8 before the bye to 5.2 the rest of the way. And trust me when I say Montgomery had to earn every inch last season. Despite being the NFL's fifth most productive rusher, uh, he was contacted less than two yards behind the line of scrimmage, one of the worst marks in the entire league. And he had to earn most of his yards after that initial contact. In fact, his 29 broken tackles were third in the league at the position behind only Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. Talk about some great company there for Monty. So my first question for everyone here today, and let's go to Mason first. What did David Montgomery prove to you last season in terms of who he is as a rusher? There are really two main things that he proved to me. First of all, he's a tough guy you know like you talked about he had that adductor strain uh before the season even started and then he had a scare there in, at the beginning of the year where he actually landed on his head and at my first thought i was like oh man he's out for at least a couple of games with a neck injury there but he really missed very little to no time last year so that was beyond impressive then the second aspect of that is also what he was able to do with those yards after contact and how hard he was to bring down like you mentioned will 1.9 yards rushing yards before contact that's nothing he barely got ahead of steam before he actually got touched yeah but then the fact that he was able to turn that into 590 rushing yards after contact which ranked fifth overall in the league with a 2.4 average i mean there's just some special special stuff going on there especially for a guy that was drafted in the third round yeah exactly that low center of gravity that contact balance was on full display for monty last season and nick i want to go back and i mean way back until before the Bears even drafted David Montgomery. You wrote an article claiming that he was the perfect back for this Bears offense. Now entering year three, looking at what he did last year, projecting forward. I just want to know, do you still believe that? I definitely do, Will. And the reason why is because of some of the the aspects that Mason was talking about, but also just the vision that he displays on those inside-outside zone run schemes that – the Bears love to utilize in their offense. He always he he's very good at identifying the cutback lanes and being patient behind an offensive line that at times you know doesn't give a lot a lot of wiggle room for running backs to make a mistake. So he's good at identifying those cutback lanes. And what Mason was saying, he's so physical as a runner. He he more so at times brings a physicality to the defenders as opposed to the other way around. That's how he's just finishing tackles, lowering his shoulder, getting those yards after contact. And he's also elusive 
54 forced missed tackles. That's exactly what he was doing at Iowa State, and he was able to now bring that aspect to his game with the Chicago Bears. And what really I saw last season is that he is just a all-around running back. In terms of all-purpose yards, 1,508. Only five other guys, or he was fifth in the NFL, so only four other guys were above him, and they're in this order. Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and Stephon Diggs in terms of all-purpose yards. So in great company for, for David Montgomery. And again, like you mentioned earlier, Will, that's behind an offensive line that was shuffling guys in and out in an offense that was inept at the quarterback position. David Montgomery, the question that you asked, is he the perfect running back for Matt Nagy's system? I think what we're going to see in 2021, absolutely. And we saw glimpses of that, more than glimpses. We saw that throughout the season in 2020, but 2021 should be really where I think we see the full capacity of what David Montgomery can really do. Nick, I'm very glad you mentioned his vision uh, and the ability to find those cutback lanes because in a zone offense, especially inside zone, you have a primary read and then on the backside of the play, you have like a plan B and a plan C. Uh, plan B being like, you know, one gap over and plan C being anywhere from two to three plus gaps to the opposite direction. And an offensive line that was not getting any push, that was not opening up many holes, he had to look for like plan F half the time and he was still finding ways to get it done. So his quick... You know, decision making on top of that vision uh, was on full display. And if the offensive line plays like we talked about to kick off countdown to camp at that higher degree, at that higher level, his job's going to get easier. He should have some of that wiggle room early on. And then instead of having to break tackles against defensive linemen and linebackers, it's going to be more linebackers and players in the secondary. So that's when I think you can even see him even display his skills just a little bit more. On top of that, one area that I want to highlight growth from Montgomery was his ability to be a receiver out of the backfield. Tariq Cohen, as we know, we'll talk about him next. Uh, He went down with an injury early. So the Bears, they had to ask way more out of David Montgomery to be a productive receiver than the year prior. And he more than doubled his receiving output compared to that rookie season. He had 54 catches and 438 receiving yards. That was good for a fifth and fourth best at the entire position, respectively. And on top of that, most of his yards came after the catch. So, Mason, let's go over to you, man. Is dual threat Montgomery, is he here to stay? Because I don't see why not. Anytime you're talking about running back, you have to keep in mind that the shelf life of running back isn't the longest. And with we're going to get into Cohen a little bit later, maybe with a little bit more of a, having to carry the load over the next couple of seasons. For this year, yeah, Absolutely. But that's something that's what we're looking at is simply this year. Can he be that dual threat like you talked about? One area I would like to see improve on a little bit is that explosiveness because he only had five rushes over 20 yards. When you compare that to Derrick Henry with 16, Nick Chubb with 12, even Jonathan Taylor, who wasn't even the lead back for most of the year, and he had seven. So that's a little disappointing. But with some of the work you've been seeing this offseason, if you happen to follow Monty, uh, you know, on his Instagram or if you're looking at what some of the what the Bears have been putting out, you know, I believe it was last week they put out that uh, hip sound bites of him being, you could say, you know, smacked a little bit by the CBS rankings of running backs. Right. He's going to be hungry this year. And I think we're going to see that with how productive he's going to ultimately be. Yeah, he was like on that list. I think he was mentioning he was ranked 25th. And again, top five in the NFL uh, as a rusher and top five in the NFL as a receiver for running backs. And CBS put him 25th. So the disrespect is real, and I'm okay with it. Puts a little extra chip on the shoulder for David Montgomery. And 
if we saw David Montgomery without a chip last year, uh, imagine what we can see here uh, coming up in a couple of months. Nick, I want to go to you. Uh, the Bears do have a new running backs coach in Michael Petrie. What kind of effect do you think he's going to have on Montgomery? I think when just maybe looking at the weaknesses in Montgomery's game still, unless he had a really great 2020 season, but there are still some areas where I think Petrie can expand on David Montgomery, just get him a little better. And I think that's just pass blocking. I think still at this point, only three years in, uh, now going to be three years in, he, he still needs to be more consistent in that area, just being able to what not lunge at guys and try to get guys down when they're trying to block, but just having a nice firm base and making sure whoever's that quarterback has that opportunity to throw the football when he's not being asked to be a runner or a pass catcher, but a blocker instead. And also he did improve on the, just as a pass catcher, but as a route runner, now I want to see in year three, him to become more, a little bit, a little bit more nuanced with his route running. I thought at times he ran right routes a little shorter than where they were supposed to go just because the defender maybe wasn't playing up on him. So he like, let me cut it short. So that's the next area in his game with now a new running backs coach. You identify some areas that he could still improve on. And with Dave Montgomery with this chip on his shoulder, I'm sure he's going to look for any area that he can find improvement. But those are two areas, pass blocking and also just the nuances of his route running are areas that I think this running back, you know, new running backs coach, just the coaching staff in general can work with Dave Montgomery to improve. Yeah, and he showed some flashes of some really good just awareness, blocking, you know, in the shotgun for, you know, well, Trubisky, Foles, whoever was playing under center last year, a decent amount of blitz pickups that are like, hey, that's a good sign. But as you mentioned, it's the inconsistency that needs to be cleaned up. He needs to be able to do that just uh, a little bit at a higher clip. Uh, I'm curious. And again, we're going to make predictions at the end of this episode, but I'm curious, and Nick, I want to go over to you. If you think Montgomery is capable of being a top five back again uh, at the position, you know, there are other backs that on this roster that may have to take the load off for him a little bit. Uh, last year, he had the fo- fourth most attempts, and the Bears, I'm assuming, with looking at some of the other guys that they brought in, they may want to divvy those carries up just a, a little bit differently and give them somewhere else. And that's not really anything due or against David Montgomery. I just want to lengthen his shelf life a bit. So if they do kind of carve into his load, does he still have what it takes to be a top five back in terms of overall production? I think so, and actually will. So Matt Nagy was recently with Kenneth Davis from NBC Sports on the Under Center podcast and talked about ideally what he would like for David Montgomery. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he's looking to get Montgomery like 20 rushes a game. Yes, you could say that now in the offseason. So that hey, would be more than... Number. Exactly. So only four times in twenty in twenty the 2020 season, he had 20 or more rushing attempts. But if that's the case, like... With now the running back rooms that the Bears have now, I really don't know if David Montgomery is going to consistently get those 20. Like, coaches say all this good stuff in the offseason all the time. We would love to do this and that, but 20 every game when he only had did that four times last season, and we were just talking about the offense line, the inconsistencies, but that's what they want to do, ideally. And in, in terms of, like, what they did last season in 15 regular season games for Montgomery, he averaged 16.5 carries per game. Where that puts him, only Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, and Josh Jacobs a- average more carries per game. So he's already high volume, like we were talking about in temps of, like that. But even if the Bears do reduce his workload and kind of go against what Matt Nagy was saying, he's still capable of being a top five back just because of the skills that he has and hopefully the help that he'll get in 2021 as opposed to last season. 
Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, Matt Nagy on the under center pot. You know, I wish, Nick, that we can just get someone from the Bears Brass on this podcast, but maybe one day, maybe by episode 600, 700, uh, the Bears will allow us uh, to do that, bring on a pace, bring on a Nagy. We'll get there uh, eventually. Goals that we've had for years, and they keep shutting it down, but I know uh, it's going to happen one day, hopefully sooner rather than later. Mason, before we wrap up, David Montgomery, which <laughs> good luck trying to do that. Is there anything else that you wanted to say about him? I think the thing that you always have to keep in mind when it comes to the running game in general, even in this new era of the NFL where it's so pass happy, is that you do need to be consistent with feeding your running back just to get a feel for the game. It's really difficult. To, I mean, I'm also basing the this off of my high school running back days so take this with a grain of salt but it really is hard to get in any kind of groove like versus if you're a wide receiver you do need to get that consistent carries and there's going to be so you can't really rely heavily on some of these other guys like you might well again if you were talking about receiver stats so i do think that it's going to be a little easier to potentially have dave montgomery get in that top five you're talking about will but you also have to keep in mind that there might be a quarterback waiting in the wings that might eat into some of those carries as well you're not incorrect in that statement, and that's what I'm excited to talk about next week. But I want to move on to the only other back in this tier, and it's a guy that he's coming back from an ACL tear after playing in only three games last season, and that's the now fifth-year pro. Time goes by way so fast, everybody, and that's Tariq Cohen. And there's not too much to mention in terms of Cohen last season only played in 77 snaps on offense so when you look at his 2019 season uh, Cohen he suffered from a few different career lows Uh, his total rushing yards and rushing yards per attempt were both very low Uh, 213 yards on the ground and only 3.3 yards per attempt if you want to play devil's advocate and look at his small playing time last season however Cohen did average 5.3 yards per rushing attempt which was on pace to be a career high and it was way over that 3.3 that we saw in 2019 Cohen, he's entering the second year now, that new deal he signed a year ago, coming off that ACL, as I mentioned, and his last full season is one that we didn't see a ton of impact, at least not to the same degree that we saw in 2018. So, Mason, let's go to you. Uh, first question about Tariq Cohen, and it's time to put on that PT hat. I know we talked about it a little bit in a special teams episode, um, but you have had a little bit more time to digest, reassess, look at the situation. What's your confidence level? Tariq Cohen's ready by week one. I had mentioned this when we looked at the special teams podcast. Look at what they did this offseason, right? You don't go out and sign a Damian Williams. You don't draft a Quill Herbert relatively high uh, for a running back, especially. You don't do those things if you're really confident that you're number two running back slash weapon slash receiver slash gadget, whatever you want to call him, is going to be healthy. So, and we haven't really seen it yet either. There, there's been no indication, whether you're talking about social media, whether you're talking about what the Bears have put out, that Cohen's going to be ready week one. And that's a concern. By now, we should be seeing him do a lot more field stuff. He should be able to run through maybe some seven-on-sevens. He should be able to, you know, just be out on the field, even if it's because it's, it's not full contact in these mini camps, right? I mean, they're going 50% half the time. So it is a really big concern whether or not he's actually going to be available, especially with the kind of game he plays. If he was more of an A to B Adrian Peterson type, right, you know, just put your head down and go, it would be a lot more doable. He needs that shiftiness. He needs that ACL, which helps to prevent the tibia from translating forward and from overly rotating, especially when you knee buckles into that genuine valgus position. He needs it to be really solid and strong. If he doesn't have that, he loses what made the joystick the joystick. Ooh, 
the the joystick could be broken, uh, at least with that analogy right there, which would be terrible news. But you make a lot of sense because what makes Tariq Cohen special is that ability you mentioned shiftiness, but it's that acceleration too off the cut. Like he can outrun anyone in a short distance. Like he can really have that burst from zero to 60 uh, in a matter of a couple of seconds. So if he doesn't have that, what does he have? Because he's undersized. He can't play between the tackles, especially if there's a little bit of traffic there. And obviously the knee may not even hold up in that situation as well for a smaller guy. And again, I'm not the medical guy. That's you, Mason. But Nick, let's go over to you. Uh, just looking at Tariq Cohen, let's assume he's healthy at at least some point this season, which he should be. What type of role would you envision for him? Uh, he's someone that only musters five attempts uh, and about 21 yards on the ground per game throughout his career. And we know most of his production comes as a receiver where he averages somewhere around four catches and 30 yards per game. And when you put that in perspective, it doesn't sound like a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot, and especially for the 10th highest paid running back in terms of contract value with that three-year $17.25 million that he's now making. So it's an interesting dilemma that I think the Bears are in because, like you were saying, in 2019, where he had 64 total attempts, rushing attempts, only four – It's only it comes out to about four a game for rushing attempts. But it's the receptions and not the very efficient receptions that he was getting where – Maybe he's still – that's where most of Tariq Cohen's value is going to be because when you bring in some of the other guys that we're going to talk about, they're more of that running back type and Damian Williams, Khalil Herbert. But Tariq Cohen, like you were talking about earlier, Will, when you're talking about running a five-yard out on a, on a linebacker, I want Tariq Cohen running that because he's very precise, quick in and out of his breaks and can get those yards you know, after the catch. But he's still the 10th highest paid running back in terms of total contract value. So you it's going to be interesting how Matt Nagy, this Bears offense with Bill Lazor, and even with how the quarterback situation plays out, where do they see Tariq Cohen's fit now? He's making the money, and the ACL injury definitely doesn't help in terms of where you want to scheme him because you don't know if he's ready yet. But still, he's a dynamic player that you give him the right opportunities. Like I like, I like him when it's just a – it was, it was in the Falcons game right before, you know, he eventually got injured on a punt return. But it was just a, kind of like a delayed handoff. It was a shotgun. He was off to the left side. Delayed handoff. Nick Fole, or it was Trubisky at the time, gives it to him. It's a, I think, a 17-yard gain. Just a burst off the left tackle, reads the blocks, and is able to get those good yards just right after the line of scrimmage. So it needs to be strategic. And you know he gets about maybe five a game. So you just got to be... It, it seems very planned out, which is unfortunate for a guy that does a lot of things well, but he's not, you know, just good at one thing. And you kind of wish you had that in some of your guys here. So Tariq Cohen's role in 2021 is going to be fascinating to see. And once tra- training camp might give us a good indication of where one, where is he at physically and where the Bears kind of think he can play the biggest role on their offense. And I'm curious to how the influx of new wide receivers changes that as well. Because as I mentioned, and Nick, you are just hitting on it, a lot of his value comes through the air and more in that slot guy. And I know previously when Matt Nagy first came here, everyone was looking at that Tyreek Hill type of role. And in 2018, in many ways, he was able to do that, not totally, but to a degree that at least I'm going to say it here on the podcast. But when you have a guy like Goodwin who brings that speed, you know, Mooney in that second year that brings the speed, maybe Bird makes the roster as well. 
How does that kind of eat into Cohen's reps lining up in the slot and things of that nature? That's what I'm curious to see, uh, as well as how these other running backs that we'll get to in a little bit change that role. But Mason, is there anything on Tariq Cohen that you wanted to mention heading into 2021? The efficiency was so odd when you look at some of his numbers receiving. He's like, with the 71 receptions for 725 yards in 2018 and such a stark change when you have 79 in 2019 but for only 456 yards right what happened there like what occurred in those receptions that they were so poor or even if you just look at something like drop percentage he went up to 11.1 percent when he had 8.7 in 2019 and 1.1 percent in 2018 were the routes that much more difficult were the passes that much worse or was there something that just was a little off with Tariq as he was progressing through these last couple of years if that's going to be your role, if you're going to be, again, that gadget athlete slot receiver, that can't happen. You can't have an almost 50% reduction in the yards that you have in receiving, especially when you can't, not can't run, but not efficiently run between the tackles. And I think that was inherently also a flaw when it came to the thought process of him being a Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill is a wide receiver and pure athlete in that position. He lines up in that you know, he's going to do the jet sweeps and stuff every once in a while, but he's a receiver. Tariq Cohen inherently is a running back trying to then be forced into a slot. It's kind of like when the Bears went back to Devin Hester and they were like, well, he's not a cornerback. Let's try to get him at receiver because he's just an athlete and we can make it work this way. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. Like there are, there's positions for a reason, even as we start to become a little more positionless. So maybe we're realizing Tariq just doesn't fit in that role. Yeah, I mean, you hit on a great point that I know Nick and I in last year's countdown to camp was really kind of getting into was that what happened in 2019 where you see more targets, more catches, but the production got severely cut. And Nick, I think it goes to your point that it just got predictable. Uh, like when Cone was going to get it, they didn't push it as downfield, which maybe that's a Trubisky issue from 2019 as well. Some better quarterback play. Potentially that could be what can unlock some Tariq Cohen as receiver too. And of course, we all know the sideline magnet uh, that Tariq Cohen has in his cleats. But all right, that's going to do it for our discussion on Tariq Cohen. And before we enter the second tier, I just want to remind you to review our show over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, right before we check, uh, went live, I checked, and we were only 12 Reviews away from sending another lucky listener a free Chicago Bears jersey of their choice, sitting at 688. We're hopeful that we can reach 700 before Bears camp begins. Uh, This helps us reach more fans, helps us with potential sponsors, which you all did a great job helping with this Manscaped. And we love to give back to our listeners. We do this for you. So, again, every time we hit one of those big milestones, uh, we want to make sure we give back. Because without you listening, we'd just be three dudes talking Bears football, which is fun, but not nearly as fun as putting on this show for each and every one of you. But I'm excited to get into the second tier and get into some newer running backs on this roster, which is exactly why I called this second tier new faces. And I want to kind of kick off this tier by focusing on the free agent signing this year, and that's the former Kansas City running back, Damian Williams. And fellas, this is someone that I am so excited to have in Chicago. Uh, One of my biggest complaints and concerns entering last season was the lack of depth behind Montgomery. There was no true back uh, on the depth chart outside of Montgomery. You had Dreek Cohen, Cordero Patterson. I knew it was going to be a problem. Nick, you knew that was going to be a big issue as well. And boy, did that kind of rear its ugly head last season. 
But Damian Williams, he changes that. He didn't play last season. He opted out due to COVID and to protect his mom, who's battling cancer. And throughout his career, he's had, you know, he's been more of a spellback. Only 13 starts, but he has 85 games of experience to go along with over 1,200 yards rushing and 1,100 yards receiving. And this is a guy who has a nose for the end zone. 22 career touchdowns, including five touchdowns in the postseason in five career playoff games. Now, one thing that I really like about designing, it's just the fit. It fills a need, and I believe that he makes this backfield deeper and more dynamic. Williams provides this offense with a well-rounded skill set. He's fluid. Like Montgomery, he has great vision. He plays with power, and he's serviceable in the passing game as well. So, Nick, I want to go over to you. What about Damian Williams are you looking forward toward having in this offense in 2021? I think the biggest thing, Will, is that when he goes into the game, you feel comfortable with if the Bears do call a running play because, again, Damian Williams is a running back. It's not Cordell Patterson out there who at times would get you know some, some nice gains on the edges, uses speed to get there, but Damian Williams knows how to get those cutback lanes exactly like a, a David Montgomery does. Really, I think he does a good job of identifying where those lanes are at on those inside-outside run schemes. And again, Kansas City, the Bears – supposed to run a similar type of offense. You see that in terms of the the run, how they, they operate the run game with the inside-outside zone. You saw that consistently in 2019 from Damian Williams when in, even in the biggest game, the Super Bowl, where a 49ers defense, if they played a little over-aggressive, Damian Williams was making them pay with those cutback lanes and being able to plant his foot just and accelerate and get past that first line defender. So that's what's exciting and well we've been asking for this for what seems like forever just a a running back just gets another running back behind behind the starter it does it seems so easy but it was so difficult for the bears to actually do that it took years and now they finally have somebody that came from a similar style offense and it you love to see that in the biggest game the super bowl he shined and he look I, the stats. We I think we all know him at this point. The the hundred and four rushing yards, the one touchdown, then the four receptions and a, and a, a receiving touchdown. So Damian Williams is exactly what the Bears needed, especially given the uncertainty of Tariq Cohen and that ACL injury. Yes, it, you mentioned you know this has been a long time coming. It's taken years, and then Mason mentioned yeah, or like forcing a running back to play wide receiver. And then it made me think of Cordero Patterson, where we had a wide receiver that we're trying to force to play running back. Luckily, we don't have that issue here anymore. We have another true running back here on this roster. And something I love about Damian Williams and Nick, you and I talked about it in our free agency reaction show. I was enamored when I was watching his film, his ability to make big plays in the screen game, which is an area that the Bears have struggled with for a couple of seasons now. He's going to impact that one quite a bit. And with the revamped offensive line, I, I think that's only going to help, right? I mean, imagine this guy running behind a Tevin Jenkins. Now you have Cody White here playing guard, presumably. So he's going to be out there pulling, leading the way in these screens. James Daniels. Ah, man, does that trio right there, that should be enough. Cole Komet out there leading the way too. Allen Robinson with his impressive downfield blocking. This green game could be dangerous uh, for the Bears with Damian Williams as well. What about you, Mason? What kind of role do you envision for Williams? When you look at his career, uh, he's only had about 10 of his 85 games where he's had 10 or more carries. Um, so I think he's a guy that you can see anywhere from you know, 6 to 10 carries per game, have a few chances as a receiver. But even in those limited touches, I think he can make a really big impact. 
Yeah, even like the most he had was that 2018 year, right, where he had 50 carries with Kansas City, and that was probably like a good top for him. If you don't really want him to be bell cow, uh, that role is going to be great. You know, think about back to the second running backs the Bears have had, the Marion Barbers of the world, Chester Taylor, Jeremy Langford before he became the starter. It's just it doesn't instill a lot of confidence in you. But like what Nick said, if Monty has to go out, whether it's due to being tired, whether you want to change the pace, I think you're pretty confident with Damian Williams. You're like, you're thinking, okay, we actually have a shot to gain some yards on this down. <laughs> and re- reducing that predictability, like you and Nick also talked about, because it's not, hey, Cordero's back there. This is probably going to be slammed right up the middle. Oh, Tariq's <laughs> back there. Okay, well, this is going to be a pass play. And if you have some interesting stats, too, if you look at his 2019 season, the total yards traveled in the air before being caught for him was negative 17. The average depth of target was 0.9. That screams screen game, right? Swing passes, things like that, where you're not sure, is it going to be a run or is it a slip screen? And that unpredictability, right, is going to take pressure off the quarterback and keep the defense on their toes. So I love the Damian, Damian Williams signing. Didn't have to pay a lot for the guy, right? He's got... Uh, he's comfortable in the system. Obviously, that Nagy wants to run, and maybe this will help Nagy not be allergic to the run game because he's got a guy that he likes over there. Yeah, well, without a doubt. And you talked about his 2019, and you throw out some stats. I want to throw a little bit more uh, both of your guys' way. Uh, and it was a big stat that we kept touting David Montgomery for. It's that yards after contact. So in Williams' last full season, 2019, he was sixth in the NFL with yards after contact on average with 3.63, and his elusive rating over on PFF was fourth that season. So again, another shifty back, someone who can break tackles, and unlike a Cordero Patterson, he knows how to play with leverage. He can lower his pads, run through some guys. He's not going to be running you know, straight through the middle uh, as tall as he possibly can be. He's going to lower that shoulder and barrel through. What about you, Nick? What kind of role do you want to see out of Damian Williams this year? What's a respectable, maybe not respectable, what's an appropriate amount of touches for him per game? That See, that's a that's a really good question. Well, um, especially with what Nagy is talking about with David Montgomery, wanting to get the 20, right? And still wanting him to be a focal point of the offense. But now you have another guy that's capable, more than capable of taking the carries as well. I, you know, right now I can't give you a number, but what I will say is this, Will. I think what we're going to see in 2021 that was non-existent in last season is the number of times the Bears actually have two running backs on the field. Based off of what last season, what they did in 2020, in 21 personnel, so two running backs, one tight end, 14 total plays, the Bears went in that personnel grouping. In 22 personnel, which is now you're kind of getting a heavy set, right? Two running back, two tight ends. 13 total plays. And then if you wanted to go 20, which is you don't see that very too often, the Bears had one total play. And that's a, almost a complete opposite of what was happening in 2019, even though the Bears weren't very efficient on offense. They just had more opportunities where there were two running backs on the field. In, in 2019, they ran 21 personnel 114 times compared to 14 in 2020. So I think this season, with having two capable running backs and David Montgomery – David Williams, and if you want to put Tariq Cohen in there, I think you're just going to see more opportunities where those two guys are out there. So I think that's going to maybe go into how many touches Damian Williams will ultimately have. But I think philosophically, Matt Nagy might just be more, I think, willing to to maybe appreciate the run game, appreciate the guys that he actually has there that can, you know, both effectively run the football. Yeah. 
Watch out. Wildcat. It's coming back for the Bears, too. And some of these, <laughs> we've seen it. They can do it. Heck, with Justin Fields out there, it's kind of the same anyway. So you have a guy who's going to run and throw. Ultra dangerous. No, all kidding aside, though, I really am excited for Damian Williams. Another small little nuance to this game that I think may go underrated until we get into the season uh, is that game experience, right? And it's good game experience. Uh, he has uh, experience with Bill Lazor, uh, our offensive coordinator, and also some time in Kansas City. So he's kind of really in the family tree a little bit. So the learning curve is not going to be as steep. And I think this, what we're going to see, and we haven't talked about quarterbacks yet, but the ability to run routes out of the backfield, we see that out of Williams, but it's going to be those option routes where you have to read the coverage, know what the defense is doing to you, and then run the appropriate route. And having a quarterback, whether it's Dalton or Fields, that I have a higher confidence compared to a Trubisky to make that proper read to see that quickly and throw it into a spot and Williams to be there, I, I think as like a security blanket, uh, a third down type of guy who can be out there and make a difference, I think that's how Williams could really make – uh, again, a sneaky good impact. I think Montgomery can do the same. Um, but again, Williams has a little bit more of that experience in the NFL reading some of these defenses in a very similar system. Uh, so it's something that he brings to the table that we haven't seen behind Montgomery in quite some time. And I just want to mention, too, he has a lot of breakaway speed. I forgot to mention in 2019, he had the longest run in the NFL that season with a 91-yarder. And on top of that, just to reiterate his ability to be a consistent catcher and somebody you can rely on, he caught 87% of his 61 targets his last two seasons. Mason, any final thoughts on Williams? No, I just, I'm excited to have a second running back. It, like, honestly, like, I'm so excited to have a second running back. This is like awesome. <laughs> Right? It's like, oh, Cedric Benson, Thomas Jones days all over again. It's uh, It really brings you back. Tear your eye. No, but let's move on. We have one more player here in this second tier, and that's the rookie out of Virginia Tech, and that is Khalil Herbert. Last season, Herbert averaged 7.6 yards per carry to go along with eight touchdowns and 1,183 yards on the ground. He's a guy who also runs low to the ground. Uh, you'll see that low center of gravity. Someone on film that when you watch him, the only thing that I wrote down is, man, this guy is super hard to take down. Very strong lower body. He can run through anyone. And he reminds me a lot of both Williams and Montgomery with that contact balance. Constantly breaking tackles, and he has a little bit of that shiftiness to his game too. So let's go to Mason. I'm curious, man, what do you like about Herbert, and do you think he can push for some touches in a crowded backfield in 2021 or see someone that you envision that we need to just kind of be patient for? Something tells me he plays a little bit more than a lot of fans would expect. A gut feeling, but one that I'm going to kind of hold true to my own conviction. So if anyone here plays Dynasty Fantasy Football, I'm telling you right now, draft this man. I feel like he's maybe not as much impact this year, but he is going to do amazing things. I'm just going to read some stuff off right off my sheet here because I, I love this guy. I love him so, so much. He was eighth ranked running back by Dane Brugler. He had 56.6% of his rush yards came after contact. Four runs of 50-plus yards. He touched the ball 500 times on offense over his career and fumbled once in 2019 like this wow. man is um 7.7 yards per carry as a senior and averaged 107.5 yards per game like i love Kelly Herbert so much I, and to answer your question well because i didn't answer it whatsoever yes he's gonna push for carries you know at some point it's just a matter of how many that is right there's only so many mouths to feed most likely you're gonna 
if you need an RB2, you're going to go with the consistency that I think a Damian Williams will provide you. But if you're looking for a little pop, if you just need a little bit of that extra spark, Khalil Herbert's your guy. He's going to do some awesome stuff for the Bears. I love the optimism, uh, and I don't know. You're just making me gush just about the possibilities of Khalil Herbert in this offense. Nick, uh, do you agree with our shared optimism? I don't know how you can disagree, but good luck. No, yeah, I definitely do. Like a lot of the the aspects that make Khalil Herbert a good running back fit in this system, his ability, a lot like Damian Williams and David Montgomery, I love his vision and his ability to just find those cutback lanes. You saw that consistently at Virginia Tech. And I like how he finishes his runs. You'll like when he goes to the sideline, you'll see him put that stiff arm out there just to finish off runs. That's that's kind of what Khalil Herbert is about. I will maybe go and just point out some of the things that will bring us down a little bit. Um, In terms of being a pass catcher in 2020, he had 14 targets in 10 games. So it's not that he can't do it. He just didn't have a lot of experience in terms of catching the football. So that's one area to kind of think about as we're, we're thinking about Khalil Herbert. And then there were only six games out of the 44 that he played where he had 20 plus offensive touches. So he wasn't a bell cow, but it, I think maybe as time goes on, we could see where that, where he ends up in that aspect. And then the last thing are injuries. Like in 2020, he was dealing with a hamstring as a sophomore, at Kansas, he missed two games because of a hamstring injury. He also had a toe injury when he was a freshman and missed four games. So there's a little bit of that injury history that is there. But in terms of how he fits in this inside-outside zone running scheme that the Bears like to run, perfect fit. And just what he brings in intangibles and as a runner, he likes to finish off runs and, again, able to identify those, those cutback lanes. So he's a good running back to have. I just don't know how many opportunities he's going to get because you have a very capable guy in Damian Williams who we were just gushing about, and then a top-five rusher in David Montgomery. And there's a Tariq Cohen who's, like I said, is the 10th paid, uh, highest-paid running back in the league right now. So for Khalil Herbert, and you guys probably addressed this in the special teams episode, his biggest impact, I think, rookie year is going to be on special teams. Hopefully Khalil Herbert doesn't find that and maybe cut off the end like a Duke Shelley did there, Will. But I think Khalil Herbert's main impact at least for this season, is going to come in the return game as a kick returner. And then we'll see how his role kind of increases as his time goes on while he's with the Bears. Did you not listen to the special teams episode, Nick? Come on now. I'm going to admit that I didn't, but I saw that you guys went over like an hour. So, and I was talking to Will about that. So congrats to you two. (laughs) Thank you. I was one of those where, you know, I patted myself on the back, had a cold one after because when you can talk bear special teams for an hour in a productive manner, like Mason and I did with a lot of good nuggets along the way, it's a job well done. Uh, So I appreciate that, Nick. Uh, You have a long trip ahead of you over to New Orleans. So you might want to catch up so you can hear what we had to say about Khalil Herbert and his ability to return punts, kicks, maybe a little bit of both, maybe neither. I don't know. You have to listen. That's (laughs) I'm I'm really teasing you. Uh, You will have to find out for yourself. But when we get back to Herbert, Nick, you're probably so. I bet you the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? Like in terms of what he can do this year. Uh, and I just think about the Bears. They've attempted to make that three-headed monster, at least appeared to try to make that three-headed monster a couple times now uh, with Cohen, Montgomery, Mike Davis. That didn't work. And then they figured, hey, we'll do Cohen, Montgomery. I don't know who last year would have been. If it's Patterson, that's a mistake. Um, but <laughs> this may be the second attempt at it. Uh, we will see. But which one would be out? Uh, I think we everyone know who the odd man would be right there. 
But anything else, Nick and or Mason on Herbert before we move on to the final tier of the episode? The only thing I would throw out there is I feel like Khalil Herbert fell in the draft for some unfair reasons in terms of him transitioning from Kansas. And it seemed more like an issue more with Les Miles, who was there and kind of not living up to the promise of being the lead back because he had to share time with Puka Williams, who was an undrafted free agent who was picked up by the Bengals. So I don't know what that tells you about Puka Williams. Uh, But, but you know, their losses are game, right? So Mm -hmm. he he fell to position, the Bears snatched him up. So don't let, you know, the fact that he transitions, you know, to, to Virginia Tech and don't let the fact that he was a little later pick, you know, sully you on uh, Khalil Herbert. No, I mean, running backs, you see guys who go in the mid to late rounds. Heck, even mm-hmm. undrafted guys that can just burst onto the scene. I believe this kid has a lot of talent. And in due time, whether it's this season, next season, whatever the story ends up being, and that there's a lot of factors that probably Khalil doesn't even get uh, have any say in right now in terms of how things shake out. Um, but I do expect at some point or another, this kid's going to make his impact in Chicago, and I'm excited to watch that happen. And with that, let's move on to Tier 3, and that's just the rest. Uh, we have Artavis Pierce, second-year pro out of Oregon State. He was on draft free agent last season. We have Ryan Nall, another Oregon State guy. Uh, he has 16 games experience now uh, and 75 total yards, uh, only eight yards on the ground on five career rushes. And then you have C.J. Marble, uh, UDFA out of Coastal Carolina. So we have a fan favorite in Ryan Nall, one of my favorite on draft free agents last year in Artavis Pierce, and a new fella. Uh, to go along with a revamped upper portion of the depth chart. Uh, so things look pretty tough uh, for this group. But, Nick, who do you like entering camp? Who do I like? Uh, you know, I think the person that has the most likely chance, and we'll talk about who actually makes 53, would probably be Ryan Nall just because of special teams experience. Not what he can really do as a running back and having the limited carries that he's had, but 64 he played on 64.7% on special teams. And that's a, a 294 snaps. So, and that's significantly higher than Artavis Pierce and obviously Marble. But I think when you look at what his value is for the team and what the Bears currently have above him at the running back position, that's how Ryan Nall sticks on this roster. But I think you said it was what the five carries that he's had. Like those can now go to Khalil Herbert. The six that Artavis mm-hmm. Pierce had, those go to Khalil Herbert now. I'd rather see that guy get those carries those opportunities if he gets them then some of the guys that we have in tier three but i guess ryan nall would be my choice okay uh, we'll get to who makes the roster in just a little bit mason out of this group anyone stand out above the rest uh just entering this season what nick you mean ryan all 69 yard run in a 2018 Bengals preseason game doesn't get him a lock on this roster because that's pretty much the only thing i have that I, ryan nall really does for me I think that was a technically was, a, was like a screen pass or like a little dump off pass. No, I watched the highlight yesterday. It was a run. Whatever it was, it was sixty nine yards. So that that <laughs> that's, puts that's how him... many people we have live watching right now. By the way, it's so kismet. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, someone that sneaky, interesting, like that could you know make some noise as maybe the last man cut would be CJ Marable. Like he's another person that kind of had a rough road to get to where he was at. Uh, he actually, you know, was going to go to Arkansas state, but then he had academic issues, but he had offers from Troy Marshall ball state. Um, and he 
he did well with the opportunities he had him 47 touchdowns total in college you know he's small though 195 and five foot six so he could be a committee back if you really needed him to be there so of those three that's kind of where i would go with that who would someone to watch all right i i don't have much really to add that you guys haven't yet i'm still confused about was that a preseason play yeah it was preseason okay i was like why does that why is pro football reference on me eight rushing yards for his entire career like did he go backwards uh i just just specifically remember i was in wisconsin for a continuing education course i finished that day i sat down to watch Bengals preseason and i was like oh my god ryan no he's gonna be rb2 it's gonna be off and then that was it (laughs) a short lived short sweet and pretty much to the point yeah uh for the chicagobears.com and just looking up ryan Nall 69 yard here's like the headline Ryan Nall bursts for 69-yard run. Chicago Bears. It's perfect. It's just perfect. It's, the it, the it, bursting it, made it. it. It did. It just, you know, goes to the mystique of who Ryan Nall is as a football player. Without a doubt. And, you know, when there's garbage time in a game, you know who's getting those touches, and that is Ryan Nall. So, guys, it's time to find out and predict who's going to make this team uh, in the Bears' backfield. I have... Four making the team. I had a count for some reason, but what is, what's everyone else's numbers, Nick? I got four as well. Mason? Five. Okay. So I'm assuming, Nick, you're going to go. Yeah, you, Nick, how about you just give me your four, and I'll tell you that we have the same four. David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, Damian Williams, and Cleo Herbert. Yep, I, I have that. However, I think there's a chance Tariq Cohen begins the year on the designated injured to return list i don't know if he's a full go by week one and with the depth here at the position with the additions to wide receiver there's no reason to force him back early uh, so i think my three to start week one would be monty williams herbert cohen and ir he'll come back at one point or another ryan all on the practice squad and who knows depending if they need him for special teams purposes how the roster shakes out, maybe he's a fourth guy, but I wouldn't really count him as part of the, the backfield per se, but that's how I kind of have it shaken out. What about you, Mason? Dave Montgomery, Damian Williams, Khalil Herbert, Ryan Nall, CJ Maribel sneaks in with Tariq starting on the pup. Okay. So you and I, see, I've, I was channeling my inner Mason there uh, with the pup list for Tariq Cohen, so I'm very proud of myself for that. <laughs> It, he just doesn't look right. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of it, but it's just, it's real disheartening. And that's the, he, he's the kind of player, too, where you notice Tariq Cohen, right? I mean, he's a, he's chicken salad. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, he, he makes himself known in interviews all over the place. I mean, even if you look at what he's kind of been doing social media-wise, he's not as active on, like, you know, uh, doing the war zone like he normally is. Like, you see Tevin Jenkins is on there all the time, Larry Borum. It's, there's something weird going on there. Yeah, and I mean, losing his brother this summer, this yeah. spring, that I couldn't imagine uh, how that feels. So uh, I'm certain uh, there's a lot. And I think patience for Cohen is going to be needed on a, both a, a player and personal level. Uh, so for everyone listening, I think that's a great mindset for all of us to have here as we enter the season for Tariq. But guys, I'm excited. Let's get to the final segment of our show. And let's begin by playing a little bit of over-under. So my first over-under for all of us today is going to be 1,250 rushing yards for David Montgomery. Remember, 1,070 
last year. Nick, are you going to take the over or under on 1250? I'm going over on 1250. I think what Montgomery, that chip that we were talking about earlier, this hopefully improved offensive line and quarterback play is going to really benefit Dave Montgomery in this season. So I'll go over 1250. All right, Mason, how about yourself? I really want to say over, but I think I'm going to go with under just because I think that Damian Williams and, you know, maybe a couple, you know, Cleo Herbert is going to just take away a little bit from what Monty can do. And then, of course, next week when we discuss uh, the best quarterback ever to wear a Bears uniform will come into play. There's just going to be, while it's going to make it easier on Monty to have that person on the team, ultimately, I, I, I think there's just going to be some more, more design quarterback runs and stuff like that. So, under. That's why I'm taking the under. Uh, very similar, the Williams and the Herbert just carving in in a really good way. Because, again, I talked about earlier, I really want to sustain that shelf life for David Montgomery, and that's a great way to do it. Uh, so I'm going to take the under, but his yards per carry will definitely be higher, and his yards uh, before contact should be higher. Um, but that's really more on what the offensive line wants to do. Next over under, 10 rushing touchdowns for David Montgomery. Eight last year. He had six the year prior. So I'm just kind of following the pattern here, right? Six, eight. Now we're at 10. Mason, are you going to take the over or the under? For me, this is more about the offensive line than it really is Montgomery because of those runs where it's, you know, third and goal. Can we punch it in? Those are the ones that are a little frustrating. And there hasn't been enough holes for Mont to get through. I do believe the offensive line will be better. So I'll take over and give him 12. Nice. And so you're saying, even though Williams will cut into the yardage, once we get into the red zone, it's just Monty time. It, feed the guy that got you there. Well, Khalil Herbert would have a thing or two to say about that. No, getting uh, Nick, how about you? You're going to take the over or the under for 10 rushing TDs for Monty. I'm going over for David Montgomery. Um, like A lot of the things I was saying earlier, but I think he, he's very capable Again, that uh, around 14 touchdowns. I think this offense is just you got to also factor in that that extra game, maybe increase the carries, the opportunities to get there. I know I sometimes forget about it, but I think this offense will just be improved, just so much more improved. With if even if the Bears are able to hit those downfield shots and you just have less, you don't have to go as for, for you know as far to get those touchdowns. I think David Montgomery's capable of do, doing at least or getting at least 14. I like it. I'm going over with 11. It's my lucky number, and it's over. Uh, so it works. But you guys talked about it, getting more touches down the red zone. Uh, he was anywhere from about 7th to about 4th in terms of touches in the red zone when you're looking like 20 or more, 20 or less, 10 or less, or 5 or less. So with a better offensive line and presumably more red zone trips, I think it's definitely possible to see some higher numbers there for David Montgomery in terms of total well, rushing touchdowns. I didn't say total. Next over under 50% of yards after contact for David Montgomery, 55% he had last season. Mason over or under? I thought that was a fun one. I'm going to say over. You know, there's, there's nothing to say that there wouldn't be at this point, just the way that he runs. And again, how I think off the line is going to be changing and all those things we've already talked about. All right. How about you, Nick? I'll go over as well, and I think what an area that he's improved on this offseason is his speed. So he's just going to create, I think, harder angles or you know bad angles for defenders even more frequently than he did this past season. So I'll go over as well. 
I'm going to take the under just because he's not going to get contacted nearly as much as last season. Uh, so we'll have some easier yards uh, before that contact is initiated. Um, but it's not a knock on Montgomery. If anything, I'm sure he's grateful uh, if that does go down a, a little bit. Next over-under, we're moving on from David Montgomery on to Damian Williams. I'm putting him at 550 total yards for Williams. Nick, are you going to take the over or the under of 550 for Williams? That is a good question. He had about 300. No, he had over 500 when he was with the Chiefs. Had about 150 touch. I'll go over for Damian Williams. He's going to be a part of this offense, even though he's on this one-year deal. But I think this offense really suits him and his strengths, especially as a pass catcher, like you were talking about the screen game. So I'll go over. All right. How about you, Mason? Are you going to take the over or under for total yardage for Damien Williams? Over. Uh, if Tariq does, in fact, maybe start on the pup and, you know, is out for a little while, they're going to need someone to get those touches. So he's going to slide right in there. And the Bears screen game has been so anemic. Any improvement should pretty much get the rest to that 500. Right. Hey, it was 550. 550. Give him 560. There we go. Nah, perfect. Yeah, his career high in a single season for like all purpose yards was 711 in Kansas City in 2019. So, depending on how those touches were, that's where I wanted to put the bar. And Matt Nagy's, I think the word Nick used was willingness uh, to actually utilize multiple backs. Uh, so, that's kind of where all the factors go into place. But I'm going to say over. I think at least 600 uh, should be on the table for Williams this season. Uh, the next over-under, this is a fun one. And Mason, I'm going to go to you last so you can think about it. Nick, 25 rushes for Khalil Herbert this season. Over-under. I'm going under. Going under for Khalil Herbert. Just for a lot of the reasons we talked about earlier, you have capable running backs this year. And even if Tariq Cohen does start in the pup or is not able to go, Damian Williams would be that second option. So I think that's where the Bears will go for this. And I they, they need a return man. So, and Khalil Herbert, I think, is going to be the front runner for that right now. So you don't want to, I guess, increase the opportunities that he could get injured because you need someone that can fulfill that position that Cordell Patterson did such a good job on. So I'll say under the 25. All right, Mason, are you going to take the over or under? That's only 1.5 carries per game to get over. Over, I think I think he's just too good. I he just looks so good that I, I think it would be doing the Bears a disservice to just say, hey, we, you know, we have Monty, we have Damian Williams, yeah, or you're, you're going to chill on the bench because we want you to return kicks. Put your best players on the field. All like you said, all he needs is one and a half per game. I feel like you know once I, I'll quote someone on this podcast the best. Bears quarterback to ever put it on the jersey gets out there. There's going to be some garbage time to fiddle around with. So with all that extra garbage time, Killer Herbert, he shouldn't get over 25 carries this season. Plus, we have that extra game on top of it. Maybe they're going to do some different resting for veterans as we get to the later part of the season if postseason is in contention. We'll see how that shakes out. So with those unknown variables, I'm going to be optimistic here, and I'm going to take the over. And my final over-under 42% of all of the offensive yards this year will come from running backs. The number last year, for comparison's sake, 38.4% of the Bears' offense came out of the backs. That's receiving and rushing, but that's just total yards. So I have the bar at 42, which is up about 4%, give or take. Mason, are you going to take the over or the under on that? I'm going to take the under. 
because I do think we're going to have a improvement from the tight ends getting more yards as well as, again, quarterback play, quarterback yardage, improvement for the receivers. Yeah, under. Okay. How about you, Nick? So 38% basically came from David Montgomery. So I was hearing from last. <laughs> it was close. Last I think uh, Lamar Miller had six yards. Ryan all pitched in about six, 65 himself. <laughs> uh, it adds up. It adds up. But I'm going to also go under as well. I think when you look at the wider receivers that the Bears have and just better quarterback play from either Dalton or, or Fields, you're going to want to get those guys involved. And Darnell Mooney, I think there's no sophomore slump in his future. So I think – and also for Cole Komet as well. I think he gets more targets this season. But, yeah, I'll go under for the running backs. But that's just because there's so many other weapons on this team. I'm going to go under the 42%. I bet you it's about 40. It's a 60-40 split between everyone else. Uh, and that's just how it kind of will shake out. But, I don't know, I never did an over-under on percentage of a positional group for the offensive output. So I thought that would be an interesting thought exercise for all three of us to kind of go through. And I, like, I really like that over-under. That was a good one. Thank you so much, Mason. I yeah, yeah, you're it. welcome, Will. Oh, man. <laughs> man, all right. Woo, we got this. True or false time, guys. I got some good ones, too. Don't worry. Uh, true or false, Damian Williams plays well enough to earn himself more time in Chicago after this season. Nick, is that true or is that false? That's false because you already have money allocated to Tariq Cohen, and then you're going to have to pay David Montgomery, who's going to be up for a contract, not next year, but he'll be playing you know, uh, on that fifth year coming up eventually. So I'm going to say false, and Damian Williams is going to be a one-year kind of thing, but it's going to be a, a year well worth it. Man, that's going to be so depressing if true. But what, we, what about you, Mason? You can say, is that true or is that false? I'm going to say false, but for a different reason. I think he's going to play so well that he's going to get a contract offer to mm. be like the number one running back elsewhere. And, you know, with, with running back, you got to follow the money because you only have so many years. And with, you know, how musical chairs goes with the running backs in the league, it's I can easily see him getting a better offer somewhere else. That's a really good point. Uh, so you guys convinced me. Heading into this, I had true. But the more you think about the money allocated, Nick, as you mentioned, and you got to pay Montgomery. You can't let him walk. Ryan Pace said you have to keep, you know, build this team through the draft. If he's going to let all his draft picks walk, we're in trouble. So he has to re-sign him. Tariq Cohen, maybe we can kind of wiggle ourselves out if needed. But, but I think, Mason, you hit a really good point. If Damian Williams proves that after a year off, he can come back and still be a vital force in the backfield, someone's going to, I'll say this kindly, overpay for his services in 2022. All right, next one here. Uh, true or false, Tariq Cohen will have more than 50 touches this season. And yours truly forgot to put the number from 2019, which I think was like 70 catches, 25, so about 100. So I'm going to cut it in half. Nick. Hmm. Over 50 touches. I'm looking at what he had in 2019. He had 64 rushing attempts. and was It's it a low, low bar. It's maybe more yeah. of a health question and a change of offensive direction than anything, but that's just kind of where I'm at. I'll go over the 50, and it's just barely over, like 55 touches, and that's going to look really bad once the season's over with, especially with the contract that he's now, now that he has. And I think just his role on the team, like we were talking about earlier, but I'll, I'll go over the 50 and give him around 55, 60. Okay. What about you, Mason? 
I just want to say, Cliff said over under Cohen gets 50 carries. He was close, not, you know, touches, not carries, but um, I'm going to go under. Hey, this is true or false? False. Just kidding. (laughs) False. (laughs) Because he's, that health is the biggest question mark for me. I'm, I I don't think he's really going to come back until at least a year post. So that's going to be a couple weeks into the season. It's going to be knocking off some rust at that point, even then. Yeah, under. False. I keep saying that. I'm looking at the over under on the yeah, screen. In front I know. Of me, I need to make a true or false graphic. You. But we only have like two more of these. I don't know if it's worth my time here. Hold on. I will do. There you go. I don't even know if I answered it as true or false. I think I said o- or over. Yeah, no. I, I kind of let it slide because I was doing math in my head uh, on what touches could have been or should have been. To be most honest, I left a blank in my notes. So not, not, not <laughs> terrible uh, on the cusp here. Um, but also after Mason applauded me for my final over-under, apparently I made a true or false that was very reminiscent of an over-under. So I win some and I lose some, and that is hosting <laughs> a Bears podcast. The next true or false, David Montgomery is a top five fantasy back option this season. Mason, you're the fantasy guy. Is that true or is that false? I think it's true. Uh, I mean, running back is so important. I mean, especially if you're doing PPR, which if you're not doing PPR, come on, do PPR. Um, on the receiving, he's. I think those are going to pop up. It, it's going to be, I think, heavily a feed Monty kind of year. All right. We have a true. What about you, Moriano? It's a good question. Well, I'm thinking of some of the other running backs that can be top five ahead of them. You think of McCaffrey. You think of Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. Um I'll say true, though, because Dan Montgomery is capable of being a top five running back in, in terms of fantasy. And yeah, I, I always like to, in my other leagues, I'd like try, I try to get them. I usually don't, and that usually screws me over, and I'm not a good running back. So, yes, it's true, though. I'm, I'm saying true as well. Again, he was a top five in both rushing and receiving. The only thing that was holding him back were the lack of touchdowns. And we already talked earlier that that number should go up. So if it goes up like we're all expecting – Definitely true for Mr. Montgomery there. Two fill-in-the-blanks for us. Fill in this blank. The leading receiver out of the backfield this season will be blank. Nick? Go David Montgomery. All right. Mason? Damian Williams, because I think he's going to snap off a couple really long screens, swing passes. So you're taking, again, perspective is everything. Leading is yardage, not in terms of receptions. I mean, again, that yeah, makes going sense, y- right? I was going yardage, yeah. Okay. I, I think I lean towards Nick, but it's very close. So I'm going to give a slight nose to David Montgomery. I almost at the edge. We're getting close to that kind of that point of the year, though. Who has the edge? That's exciting. Uh, the last fill in the blank, though. The one word to describe this running back group heading into the 2021 season is blank. Mason? Top heavy with a dash to make it one word. There you go. Nick? I'll go shifty. A lot of these guys can move around within those inside-outside zone schemes. That's why they fit very well, but I'll say shifty. There you go. I'm going to say sturdy because he can't bring them down. Neither of these backs. Herbert, Williams. Ryan Null. That's right. Ryan Null. He's that power back that we've all been clamoring for, right? That's how it goes. Ryan Null burst for 69 yards. You still have that in your screen? It's still right there. There's <laughs> multiple like websites that use un- uncorks 69 yard run, breaks free, bursts, but bursts obviously is the best one there. 
for sure. It's a nice <laughs> choice, uh, without a doubt. So it's time to get into our running back bold prediction here for 2021. So, Nick, what's going to be your bold prediction for this week's episode? Bold prediction for the running backs is that David Montgomery will lead the NFC North in rushing. And you got to think, there's Dalvin Cook, there's Aaron Jones, who are both ahead of him this past season, who were number two and number four, respectively. And obviously Montgomery was fifth. And here's, here's the I guess, the second part of it. He will finish second in rushing in the entire league, only behind Derrick Henry. Bold, bold predictions. I love bold, bold per- predictions. Mason, can you top that? Can you go extra bold with your prediction? See, here's the problem. Mine originally was that Montgomery was going to make the Pro Bowl and be a top three running back, but Nick's beat that. So on the fly, I'm going to say that Khalil Herbert is going to rank third in terms of rookie total yards Ooh. for running backs. For running backs. There you go. I was like, Justin Fields, one, easy, done, obvious. I don't know. Don't care who number two is. But as long as Herbert's three, we would have been golden. But I I like the clarification there at the end. Uh, That's a fun one. Uh, And given his draft stock, his status, and this crowded backfield, I think that is a very bold one. So even though that was on the fly, uh, kudos to you, Mr. Mason, for coming up with a good one. My bold prediction for running backs, I'm going to go with Damian Williams. And I'm going to put down that he has 1,000 all-purpose yards this season. Again, 7-11 was his previous career high. So my bold prediction is that he blows that out of the water, gets 1,000, and then, like Mason said, someone's going to pay for those services next season if that ends up being the case. So he may play himself out of Chicago in the best possible way. I was going to say possible again, but that wouldn't make (laughs) any sense. So. That's my bold prediction. Let's get into our confidence meters here. It was a very optimistic and positive show, but there are some unknowns along the way. So how confident are you in this group? Uh, I know I'm using you know, uh, hindsight for my reference point, uh, so that may boost mine just a, a tad bit. But let's go to Mason first. What's going to be your confidence meter for the RBs? So... I've been obviously pretty down on the whole Cohen thing, but I think the Bears did such a good job kind of filling that, that you're, I'm not really too concerned if honestly he doesn't play at all this year, which I don't think is the case. He's, I think he's going to play this year. Um, but if he weren't going to, I would still be pretty happy with how the Bears are set up. Uh, Montgomery's proven to be durable. He hasn't really missed very much time, and he has, he's a multifaceted back, right? He can run and he can catch. You throw in the experience of a Damian Williams, all those things we already talked about. I would, I'm at an 8.8. 8.8. 8. Love it. Nick? I'm at an 8.4, but very similar to what Mason was talking about with Tariq Cohen. Despite the uncertainty that's revolving around him, I really just like this group of backs that the Bears have and just where David Montgomery is where we're kind of projecting him to be the the addition of Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert. So having those guys here with the uncertainty of Tariq Cohen, I'm still at an 8.4 in terms of the confidence group in this running back room. They have good guys that are all capable of running the scheme that play kind of similar styles to one another. So if you put one in or take one out, you feel confident. Like we were talking about with Damian Williams being, the main guy if he has to be the you know the feature back in a series so 
8.4 is where I stand. And, you know, if Tariq Cohen is a shell of himself, like what he was doing in 2018, where it was more efficient in terms of the running and in, in, in the receiving, then, then you have a very, I, I would say, a special group in terms of all the versatility and what they all add to the position. So 8.4 for me for the running backs. All right, 8.4, 8.8. Will's coming in at a solid 9. And again, I'm using hindsight here. This time last season, Nick, you and I were on the pod, and we're just like, gosh, you know, outside of David Montgomery, things look pretty bleak. They don't look like it's a running back group. And I think that was very true. And Ryan Pace recognized that. Matt Nagy recognized that. Brought in a new coach. Brought in a few new faces here and players that I expect to be, you know, not just contributors, but playmakers here in this offense. David Montgomery is coming off a season that he, in many aspects, I'm not going to say took the league by storm because he wasn't making headlines or anything, but he proved so much to me that he can be the bell cow of this offense. It's unreal. I mean, after his rookie year, not that I had doubts, but I was like, okay, what kind of leap are we expecting And with an offensive line that he had to play against with no one behind him, that dude played his tail off. And I expect now with people pushing for extra carries, he's going to play, you know, with a little bit of extra chip on his shoulder, not just because of those rankings that he was griping about over at CBS. And Damian Williams is coming off a year where he had 711 all-purpose yards, by far the best second option in the backfield that we've had in a long time. Herbert, as we mentioned, should be able to contend for some carries. So I just love the potential. I love the depth. And hopefully they can tap into it a little bit. And I know a lot of this kind of depends on the offensive line. So my confidence meter is really more on the potential as well as the talent of this backfield. So I'm sitting at a nine. Uh, Again, a top five back, uh, maybe one of the best spell backs in the entire league in Williams. And then you have a real promising rookie. And then we'll figure out Tariq Cohen along the way. So for me, I, I can't get much better especially considering where we were last offseason or last countdown to camp compared to where we are now. Such a difference in such a positive way. I can't help but not be confident. Nick, do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? Not any final thoughts on this running back room because I think we we really gave you the lowdown of what to expect and you know what how this can all shape out but if anybody knows of anything to do in New Orleans, let me know. I'm going on Thursday bachelor party let me know. Yes. That, I'm excited to hear all about everything New Orleans once you get back. I know you're not going to be in our next episode here on Thursday because you'll be kind of heading down that way, but Mason and I will be here. Uh, I'll get to what that's all about in just a little bit. Uh, but Mason, how about you, man? Any final thoughts? Either, I guess, Nick went personal life, but anything about the running backs that you want to kind of hit home on one last time? If the Bears aren't successful next year, it's not going to be because of the talent in the running back room. Love it. Simple, sweet, and to the point. Really good way to end the show here. Mine, I'm going to go personal. I'll pull a Nick. Mine is, I just realized that I was born during a Bears game. Uh, I don't know if anyone, I know Nick, you know that, but for those listening, I was born during a Bears game, which is always something that's cool to me. You know, Bears fan by birthright. And I realized earlier today as I was setting up the nursery for my firstborn later on this year that his due date is projected to be during a Bears game. So there's a chance here that the legacy may continue, and that'd be a fun post-game show for you two, keeping up on me, <laughs> keeping up at the game. I mean, that's, that, that may end up being reality for all three of us here in just a, you know, a handful of months. But I don't know. I thought that was pretty neat, a little revelation that I had earlier 
this afternoon. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks so much for everyone for tuning in, whether you're here live, watching a replay, or just listening to the podcast. It doesn't matter how you consume our show. We appreciate each and every one of you. It's all of you that make this show as special as it is. And remember, just 12 reviews away on Apple Podcasts from that next Bears jersey giveaway. We'll be back later this week. Camp's coming up. We have to start ramping up these episodes. And we'll have another edition of Countdown to Camp on Thursday night. As we'll be the recording Friday morning. I'm assuming the podcast will hit your feed. It's going to be our final defensive position preview with an entire episode dedicated to the Bears' safeties. What will a second-year consistency for the safety tandem of Eddie Jackson and Deshaun Gibson lead to? Will we see more of DHC on defense? And what type of shot do veterans like Jordan Lucas and Marquis Christian have at making the team? We'll discuss all those questions and a whole lot more next time. But until then, bear down, Chicago.